for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Happy St. Paddy's Day, everybody. Today is March 17, 2020, and today's guest is Zach Farnball from The Hunting Public. All right, welcome to the Fall Podcast. Today is episode 105, and today we've got a guy that I've kind of looked up to for a while. I don't know about you. I mean, I've watched so much of their content, and it's it's cool to see it kind of come full circle and actually get to meet Zach and talk to him and ask him a whole bunch of these questions. So, you know, Zach Farnball is going to be on the podcast with us today, and I don't know what you think, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I am too. Uh, Mr. Gilly Suit himself. And yeah. <laughs> as uh, as you'll find out when we close the whole thing down, it's uh, it, it's part of the disguise. It's His hair just kind of blends into that ghillie suit and just helps him disappear. And that's, <laughs> I love I've, it. I've always liked – so let me back up. Like, I was the first hire at Midwest Whitetail when those guys left and started the hunting public. And I always felt like I had – you know, a lot of, a big shoe to fill, I guess, if you will, because when I, when I came on to Midwest Whitetail and I was the only one at the time, Josh was hunting public a little bit, but like, I was eager. I was like, I'm an Iowa man. Like I don't own land. Like I'm going to be the, the public land guy now. Like, holy crap, you know, and granted, I, I don't work there anymore, but I always kept up with these guys just because I was in that position. And I was like, man, well, what did they do that worked so good? And like really obviously just started paying a lot more attention to it. And it was, I saw the the desire for public land content and I was like, man, that's going to be me. You know, I just kind of, I don't want to say starstruck, but I kind of had to tell myself, you need to accept this and know that this is what you're going to do. And I was like, hell yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it was a lot. For sure. And I think those guys, you know, Aaron Warbritton and Zach and and Jake as well and Ted. Like I think those guys 
but even going back farther with with Aaron and Greg and and Zach being at Midwest Waytail, they kind of help pay the pave the way for public land. I mean, we do talk a little bit about Waytail adrenaline in this, you know, with Jared Scheffler. Yeah. Like he, he, he goes way back, you know, from yep. one of the first ones I ever saw doing public land, but then it was kind of these guys that really started coming in and doing it as well. And, uh, I, I, I love watching their content. I, you know, they put out a lot of content and that's kind of what we get into a lot of today is the behind the scenes kind of stuff. And when they're on the road with a variety of a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So it's pretty cool. I, I really like the yeah. conversation. And honestly, at the end of this, we asked him a question that I was not expecting the answer to. I don't want to give it away right now. And I think you and I both were kind of like, well, didn't expect that answer. So yeah, I, I definitely you might want to hold, hold on for that one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We, we stayed right on par with time. I think we were maybe an hour and five minutes, but it's, it's yep. right there. So it's, and I'll tell you what, it's the, the time passed quicker for me as we recorded this, you know, more than most. So yeah. Good content throughout this whole thing. Good conversation. Zach is actually in Minnesota doing this, and he's actually pacing up and down a hallway in a in a hotel. So I think he was trying to get his steps in. I think he was yeah. just you know doing a workout too. But no, yep. it was all good, man. So let's kick it over this interview. I don't want to keep too long on this. And everybody out there, we're in a like a weird state right now of you know our world with this coronavirus. Just stay healthy wash your hands and don't yeah, put your seriously. hands in your mouth and don't shake hands with anybody. Just, uh, let's, <laughs> let's get this thing stopped. I, I hate this. March madness is officially canceled. I love March madness and I can't believe it's not going to happen this year, but anyway, stay healthy, stay quarantined and just, you know, don't stay quarantined. Put your hands in your mouth. <laughs> if that makes don't sense. Don't pick your nose. <laughs> yep. Well, cool. If you guys are looking to save some money on a couple products that uh, we have some promo codes for through Humanimal, I'm going to list those off for you guys right now. If you're looking to buy a hunter safety system this year, save 20% off your order by using the promo code KeeferBros19. KeeferBros19. That's K-E-E-F-E-R-B-R-O-S-19. Next, you can go to Vapor Trail and save 10% by using KeeferBros19 as well. And then if you guys are in the market for, honestly, probably the best blinds out there, Banks blinds, uh, save 10% off by using Keef19, K-E-E-F-19, uh, at Banks Outdoors. Then next, you can save 10% off your orders, $99 or over, by using Humanimal20 for America's Best Bowstrings. So go to americasbestbowstrings.com and type in Humanimal20, H-U-M-A-N. I-M-A-L-20 to save 10% off. And then lastly, for Millennium Tree Stands, save 5% off by using KB5. So there's some cool codes. Go use those. We really appreciate it. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Thank you for listening. Go to our YouTube channel, Kiefer Brothers underscore Humanimal. Subscribe to there. There's some really cool videos on. And uh, thanks for the feedback. So we're going to get to this interview with Zach. All right, today on the podcast, we have a guest that uh, we've actually been wanting to get on for a long time from the hunting public, Zach Farenbaugh. Zach, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, where are you at right now? You uh, are probably trying to dodge the coronavirus like everybody else out there. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I'm at this point, I'm not too concerned, but, you know, everybody else is. Maybe I should be, but I'm pacing the halls of a. I think it's a Baymont Inn in 
Shakopee or Shakopee is how you pronounce it. Shakopee, Minnesota, about to, well, potentially participate in this Deer and Turkey Expo here. So that's tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday, but everything's closing. So we'll see. Awesome. We'll see if it goes on. I hope it, I hope it does. I'm really looking forward to talking with people, but yep. you know, just depends on. I don't know. It just depends on things that are out of our control. So we'll see. <laughs> right. So, you know, you guys are on the road a lot. I mean, more than probably I know of anybody, you know, I'll say in the hunting industry, I guess you could say, does it ever get old? Like, are you ever burnt out with it or is it just, just the right amount? No, it's, um, it's not something that I ever get burnt out on because I actually get the opposite. I get burnt out of being at home. You know, if I'm, sitting around like an off season and I'm sitting at my computer every day kind of doing, you know, like an off season, we're basically doing computer work all day, every day. And, you know, I get burnt out with that way faster than I get burnt out with. Well, I guess I don't get burnt out with the hunting and traveling and going to shows or whatever we got to do. Like it part doesn't really burn me out. It's the, after a while, it's just sitting at home. So get a couple months of that in, and then it's like, all right, let's get on the road and travel for a couple months, you know? For sure. Yeah, and it's a good mix. Like, I feel the same way. You know, you're you're traveling for so long. I don't travel as much as you guys do, but, you know, then you're behind a computer for so long, and it's just a good mix. It's I, If I had to sit behind a computer every day, you know, of the year, I'd probably go nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I could not do it. It just... It just isn't me. If I wasn't doing this, I would have to be doing something outdoor, outdoor sports oriented, I guess. Like my brother, my brother actually does um, like guided canoe and dog sledding trips in Ely, Minnesota. So he's way up north and that's the type of stuff that I like, I think I would be into and into doing if, you know, I wasn't doing something like this because like, he just lives outside and it's awesome. Yeah, so, definitely. Pretty sweet. Well, cool, man. So right now, I mean, we're in the off season for whitetails and turkeys getting ready to ramp up here. And I know you guys are probably getting ready to kick the turkey tour off. Where are you guys going to start at this year? Well, Aaron and uh, Greg are taking off tomorrow morning from Mississippi. And uh, myself, Ted and Jake, and then Hayden and Mindy, we're all here at this uh, Minnesota show, and as soon as we're done with that, we're going to go home to Iowa, switch trade show stuff for hunting stuff, and take off to Mississippi, and then it's, I think it's Georgia and maybe North Florida, and then from there, man, it's like a straight-up <laughs> free-for-all for <laughs> two months, you know, it's going to be crazy. Wherever you end up is where you end up, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody always has, like, we always get kind of a loose schedule. But, like, the problem is, is it's unpredictable. You know, you might go to a spot and, I don't know, let's say, let's say we go to Kentucky. And one guy gets a tag in Kentucky. And we're like, all right, we're going to hunt in Kentucky and, you know, just kind of feel it out it's like it may shoot two birds or whatever i don't know what the, i actually don't know the bag limit off the top of my head for kentucky but let's say he shoots two birds and that's his bag limit and he does that in four days it's like may just like be on to the next spot next state and then the next guy's got the tag you know so it's like right 
how would you ever plan for that? Or it might take, it might take nine days to do that. Or, you know, it might get to a point where like, Hey, we shot one bird, got our asses kicked for the rest of the time. We're moving on, you know, and yep. that's, that's the tough part about planning it. So we have States and then some specific trips, like we'll always plan ahead and like having the books, but otherwise it's pretty, pretty loose, you know, for sure. Turkey's a lot of fun. Cause we can just hit a lot of different areas kind of get to more people's home turf which is what we enjoy doing yeah definitely you know when you guys are going into a trip do you guys do you guys like draw straws for who's hunting first and who's filming first or how does that work or is it just kind of you know seniority um uh, it's definitely not seniority it's more just like okay does it make sense for this guy to have a tag at this at this point or um you know, does this guy want to film this trip? It's more of that, honestly. Or I like, gotcha. for example, some people might have like a specific place that they want to hunt, and like, let's say, like, I want to, I want to hunt Georgia or something. Yep. You know, I'll say at the beginning of the season I want to hunt Georgia, so they film the trips beforehand, and then, um. <laughs> just so that way I can, you know, be the one to hunt in Georgia, you know, and then we just flip flop. It's more, it's really just like what it comes down to. It's just like a group of buddies that hunt. Nobody really gives a, gives a crap. Who's got the tag. We're just out hunting and that's all that matters, I guess. For sure. It works itself out. It's hard to explain, but it just does. (laughs) Yep. It's pretty awesome. That is. And you know, to be able to do something like that, that you love, it it doesn't even feel like work. I can't. You know, yeah. it's just like you're out on a long vacation just doing what you love with your buddies. So that's that's really mm-hmm. cool to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know, we've got the questioning comments and stuff before. It's like, you know, who shot the most birds or whatever? Who shot the you know biggest turkey? It's like, man, that's literally not anything that we're even paying attention to. It's like what it comes down to. It's like the two people that are in the woods are a team and like, doesn't matter who's pulling the trigger because both guys have super important jobs you know it's like you'd have never watched a video if the guy behind the camera didn't lay it all down you know that's just as important as pulling the trigger and you know hitting the turkey hitting the deer elk whatever it may be it's like you know i guess it's just that's a fun part about it yep and that's what i like about you guys too you know even in the whitetail side of things is that you know i feel like justin and i talk about it a lot how I feel like we talk about it every week, at least hit on it, but it's, it's getting to the point where it's, you're only accepted if you're killing big animals or, you know, this setting a certain precedent. And that's something I, I do enjoy about your guys' stuff is that, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a certain, you know, inch or, you know what I mean? It's just out there and it's all about the experience in, um, about, you know, the situation that you're in. And yeah. You know, it kind of happened to me this year too in two different states that, you know, I shot a deer seven days after I shot a, a really big deer that was significantly smaller and I kind of got some hate mail from it and I really didn't enjoy that. Like it really just kind of took mm-hmm. it out for me and I'm like, you know what, that second hunt was just as exciting as the first hunt for me and I'm a hunter yeah. at heart, you know, so, mm-hmm. and that's what I really like about you guys and what you're doing and and how you approach everything and it's not so much like 
oh, he just shot like a basket rack 100-inch eight-pointer. Like uh, you guys yeah. are super I, jacked about that, and I love that. Yeah. Well, I love I love this topic because to me it's honestly just kind of absurd that that does happen. It's like I. I Hunting is, is a, it's like a unique sport where it's like, it's between you and the animal For sure. and like social media has definitely made that seem like it could be different. You know, it's like, everybody's like trying to outdo somebody else, you know, with their big buck. And it's like, nobody gives a shit about your mounts when you're dead. Exactly. Like that's, you know, like nobody's going to remember like. Nobody's going to remember what type of bucks you shot, but they'll remember how much fun you had doing it, you know? And it's like, you had a lot of fun and you spent a lot of time doing it. You're going to be a good hunter. It doesn't take shooting a hundred and whatever inch buck to be a good hunter. Like if you put the time in to learn the sport, like you're going to be good at it. And like, who do you have to prove it to anyway? Who cares? Right. Go have fun. Like it doesn't matter. I always equated this conversation to like, I always think about like in the movies or you had your hunters, you know, you had the guys that would go out and hunt. You had the ones that would go out and gather. And it was like, you know, you, you still had an important place in that society because you knew how the hell to hunt. And it didn't matter <laughs> how big the animal was, what the, what the, what the horns were on the buffalo or how many points were on the deer. It's the fact that you came home successful and you provided. And it's not about, obviously it's a different time. It's, that may seem like a irrelevant argument, but I think about that all the time. That does I mean, I, I could see where somebody would try to argue it irrelevant, but like, but again, I, I guess I think, you know, I think about it like, who, what do you have to prove? I think that's the part that always gets me. It's like, yeah. what, are you, what are you trying to prove? Like, like nobody really cares. The only people that like even see it that way is like other hunters you know right like a non-hunter right. you know like your friend your friends that are like non-hunters they're just like yeah like justin and aaron like to hunt they're really they're really into hunting they're big hunters you know you've heard that term it's like yep. and so like the only person that cares is like and it's silly that they do but is the guy you know another hunter it's like it doesn't matter it doesn't right. i guess it just doesn't matter yeah because yeah if you don't care about it and you just go have fun like you win, so yeah. well, why you're, make any more than that? <laughs> yeah, and you're you're never gonna get away from all the haters. I mean, someone's always gonna have a problem with you. It's I, I I read a I read a thing today, and it's it was from David Goggins, and it was like you could walk on water, and someone would still give you shit and say <laughs> yeah. it's because you, you can't, can't swim. swim. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's pretty wow. good. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> and I that, mean. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that kind of brings up a a question. Like when you're, you're, I mean, you're going from state to state, all you guys are all the time. And, you know, you're hunting so many different pieces of public. I mean, you guys came to Michigan last year and, Mm -hmm. you know, in kind of my neck of the woods. So it's like, I know what's in this area. And, you know, for me to go here and try to kill 140 inch deer. And that's like my goal that I'm not saying that is my goal, but if it was my goal, it's just, I'm not being realistic with myself, but like, right. so for you guys going to different States, I mean, you're hunt, you live in Iowa, you know, you're going to Missouri and, and Kansas and all these other States. Like, are, how do you approach it? Like if you're coming into like, let's say a Michigan or a PA, do you have a goal or do you have, you know, a criteria or are you more like, I'm just going to have fun and 
whoever shows up and if it gets my heart going, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's always going to be that. I mean, but I mean, I guess how you get to that point though, is like, if you get into an area and like, you know, you feel confident and you're, let's say you feel confident in your hunting ability and you're like, you get to, it doesn't matter where, you know, you get to an area and you're like, Ooh, like this is like, this is big bucks on and there's big bucks on everywhere. You know, maybe then you start waiting for, you know, one of those little bit older bucks or something. If you know, like right in the game and you're seeing young bucks right at the gate, you know, you can make that decision. You are always making that decision. Like, you know, everybody says they have a goal, but it's like, it's all based off of past experiences, usually hunting in the same area. So it's like when you get into an area, you're going to scout it out. You're going to have experiences. You're going to see deer. And it's like if you're seeing big bucks and you're probably gonna wait a little bit more. And then if you're you know, if you're not seeing any deer and seeing or, or seeing like does and just like spikes and forks, and then you see a basket eight, you know, you're shooting that basket eight every every day. Yeah. Especially on a seven day trip. So it's like I guess maybe that's a little bit more detailed answer than or answer that I've ne- I've never really said that. I got that question before, but never really said that. I think that's how ultimately like the decision is made Yeah. because we do like, you know, we do choose to like not shoot some bucks, but like that doesn't mean that the next state or the next place and the next day that we won't shoot that deer, you know, it's just like, there's just situations where, you know, it's like, I I think we've all said at some point or another, he's like, you just did exactly what you wanted him to do. Yep. And that's when you decide. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yep. It's like, if he does exactly what you thought he was going to, and he's a good buck, and you feel happy, you know, happy about the whole situation, do it. I don't know. It just comes to you. I always say, I don't know what he looks like, but I'll know when I see him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's how, kind of how it happened this year in my Kansas hunt is – I literally got in the stand. I, I pulled my bow up, and I, when I was knocking my arrow, the guy that was filming me was looking over my shoulder. I was getting a GoPro out of my bag, looking at the tree, and he goes, old buck coming down the road. And I'm, like, still wiping the sweat off my face. We had just walked in, and he goes, old buck. And I looked, and I'm, like, immediately my heart just started pumping. And I'm, like, oh, this <laughs> is it. This Here it goes. And, you know, he came. I shot him at four yards. He ran off, and I, I said, I don't even know what he is but i don't care because i'm super jacked right now walked up on him i mean he might be a 120 inch deer maybe you know and i was super i didn't care i wasn't like when i walked up on him i wasn't like oh dang you know i'm glad i didn't get that feeling because i know like us that was a great experience i mean how many times have you walked into a stand climbed up in four minutes like you've shot a a deer (laughs) you know no yeah yeah so yeah i mean you you had the experience that you'll never forget and like you got a deer you got meat for you anybody you choose to share it with and it's like i don't know it's pretty awesome if there's more to it than just just a age or a score man for sure it's just like i don't know so it's a it's un- I, find, I find it I, I honestly find it very unfortunate that it's so much more centered around that i hope that hope that it changes yeah <laughs> is is there do you kind of handle it in a certain way or do you just kind of like brush it off like the people out that out there i'm sure you guys get some you know backlash a little bit maybe i don't know but is i mean is there a way that yeah. you handle it and or just say hey you know what I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. They're, you know, just keyboard warriors. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. There's like, 
I mean, like you mentioned the David Goggins saying about you could walk on water and somebody still give a shit. I mean, yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's the, you know, people are always going to give you shit about whatever. It's like, yep. I mean, we shoot bucks that we think are really big and people make comments about them. It's like, what? I mean, but yep. you can't, I don't know. You just can't worry about that. And I would say for anybody out there that has ever felt pressure for other hunters, it's just like, man, just stop worrying about them. And if you stop worrying about them, they'll stop giving you shit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, if you ignore like, them, they'll go away. Yep. And it goes the, it goes the opposite direction too. I mean, you could sit there and justify passing a deer all you want and they're going to be like, Oh, so-and-so would have shot this because he said that. And it's like, well, he's not sitting here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So I I guess I want to, I want to, with that being said, I want to start with kind of going back in time a little bit. And I'm interested in when you really started like focusing on public land and, and why, and why was public land appealing to you? And I'm just curious. Yeah, no, that's, I love, that's an awesome question. Um, so I grew up in Ohio, Western Ohio. There was no public land. I hate like I hate how unaccessible Western Ohio is because you know there's super limited timber and that's where the habitat is. So like along rivers, but also like some very very small like swamps that just kind of had water in them. There's some trees, usually mature trees around them. That's the only place there was actually woods where I grew up and all that was private and where there was woods, you know, sure. You better bet somebody was hunting there. And like, you know, he was older and he was hunting big bucks with a bow. He was, you know, man, you know, helping manage it. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. You can't get anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was younger, so when I was younger, we didn't have a lot of private or we didn't have a lot of public land, public land close, but my grand grandpa had 102 80 acre blocks in eastern ohio and growing up we hunted that and then my best friend ben he had um his parents have 57 acres and then there was some pieces of public land that like i really don't even like to touch now because like i don't think at the time you know i thought they were awesome because they were like these big areas that we could go hunt but you know the more i know about public land the more i realize they're pretty pressured yep but you know, those were the places that we hunted the most. Now in high school, I eventually got some permission back in Western Ohio and did hunting there. So do have experience hunting in that area, but for the most part, we would travel towards those permission, you know, places we had, and then, um, that public land. And weirdly there was no turkeys on that property that my grandpa owns and then no turkeys on the property that my buddy Ben's um, parents own. So like when, and then we had permission one other place and it had turkeys and I shot a turkey when I was 10 and when I was 11. And then when I turned 12, we lost permission that, that season we lost permission. So from the time I was 12, I was basically forced to hunt turkeys on public land. And I, there was a part of it that was like, that's all I knew. But then Anytime I ever thought about hunting privately and I was like, well, there's no room. Like, how do you hunt turkeys in a place where you're limited to 40 acres, 60 acres, 80 acres, 300 acres. It's like, you got to a point where we're hunting thousands of acres in a, you know, week long hunting trip, hunting thousands of acres. And it's like, 
that was, became the draw eventually. It was like, there's land to explore. Like we can just go anywhere out here, you know, as long as we stay within the boundary of the public land, we can go on whatever, 20,000 acres, we can go on 7,000. And that just became the hook. And again, just like not having access to do anything else from an early age. You know, I'm very proud to say I've almost exclusively hunted turkeys on public land since I was 12 years old. And like, I think that's helped me a lot in hunting deer, turkey, elk, whatever. Like, I think that experience is like huge. I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's awesome. Now, is that when you started hunting deer on public as well? Kind of around 12, 13 years old? Um, no, that wasn't, that wasn't more until like high school, college. Okay. So when I was that young, we were still hunting deer on those, on my, um, grandpa's and then my buddies and then just some places, um, other places that we had never anything bigger than those, those two 80 acre blocks of my grandpa's though, just like small spots, you know, and then. In high school, me and my buddy started like goofing off, you know, trying it very poorly. And then college more and more than, you know, obviously after college, it's just gotten pretty out of control. But in, in <laughs> right, right, like right after college is when I was like, like immediately after college. And I came to Iowa and saw that public land and then also saw how much much better the private was beside it that was when i was like all right like public land is always going to be the most the thing that keeps me on my toes the most i'm like only ever going to hunt public land from here on out and like that's just what i'm planning on doing that's awesome you know what what is 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 hunting public like when you first started it might not be so much anymore because you've done it so much but Coming from me, a guy that's never hunted public one time, I've been fortunate enough to to have private my whole life growing up. Never really had to hunt public. Um, mm-hmm. We have a lot of public here in Michigan, and we've got some good public places. But every year it comes down to, you know, July, August, I get better bucks on camera, it seems like, on my private. So it's like, why would I waste time, you know, going to public? So, But to me, like, I've I've scouted quite a bit of public in Michigan, just never really took the plunge and did it. But to me, it's like almost really intimidating. Did you get that feeling out of that? Like, it's you know walking up to it and like, man, this is this is this is different. Not honestly, not really, because like when I first started doing it, I always had my dad. You know, when I was twelve, I was I was and we were turkey hunting, and I was going to school during the week, and like there was no turkeys where I went to school. Like that Western Ohio when I was in like elementary and or middle school. And even kind of into high school, I mean, the bird kill was, would be like 10, you know, like there was, and that was along the river and like, no way in hell you're getting on that, um, pri- you know, private. So like at that point, I always had my dad. So it wasn't that intimidating, you know, it's like, why? it's just like what we're doing and dad does it all the time. So like, you know, dad, and, dad, and that's the other thing, dad always hunted public, you know, when we're in private, but like he always did public enough to like, not make it intimidating you know what i yep, mean yep for sure like dad does this he shoots stuff out here like we're in the game like it's not like 
I think some people get that first experience. They're like, oh, I've heard the horror stories. It's public land. And like, you know, while those stories exist, it's like you learn to get better at avoiding those situations. And then you get to a point where like, they don't even hardly happen to you. So, yep. you know, I, I can see where it's intimidating and like, I really can, but it's, you know, the thing about it for me, like I mentioned, it's like, I could, like in, in Iowa, for example, when I first moved here, it's like, and this is, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm dogging anybody for doing any different. I'm not at all. But like I first moved to Iowa and like my eyes were open. I was right out of college and like never been to the, what I call the true Midwest, like where there's not a lot of population. And I saw immediately, I remember driving down two lane paved road and like one of the more popular roads in Iowa they were in our area. And I'm like, nobody driving. There's no houses. There's like grade A deer and turkey habitat all over the damn place. And like, no wonder, no wonder this is so much better. And no yep. wonder like <laughs> yeah. these people that have been watching on TV are shooting these huge bucks. And then like I went to public and I saw how it was more like what I was used to. And it was like, you know, I guess I had the vision and I, like, I just had a vision of like, what is, uh, and how much of a challenge am I going to get when I go sit in a field corner in, on private land versus go hunt this like marsh on public that I've never even seen. I'm going to get more of a challenge. Yeah. I could probably shoot a bigger buck easier, but like, that's not, again, it's not what it's about to me. So it was just, you know, an easy decision to make to go do something like that. You know, it just, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, here, even in Michigan, I mean, on social media, you see guys pulling, I mean, really good bucks out of Michigan public lands every year oh, with yeah. a bow or gun or whatever it might be. And I don't knock those guys at all. You know, I, I at heart, I keep telling everybody at heart, I want to do public so bad. But, mm -hmm. you know, I film a lot during the fall. So I'm never mm -hmm. really home here to do a lot of hunting, whether I'm on the road, sure. you know, so it's like all my time is dedicated on some of my, you know, private pieces that I really, I might only get eight, 10 sits, you know, on private in a season in, in Michigan. So I really try to maximize those the best I can. But, um, one day, well, here's, here's, <laughs> well, here's what I'll tell you. Cause I, I honestly highly encourage it for anybody that, you know, truly, truly loves, loves deer hunting or hunting in general. The reason or, you know, here, I guess here's, here's what I'll say. It's like, you know, you mentioned a couple of things that it's like you're getting better bucks on, on private. Well, sure. But like, and, and maybe you have a higher odds of getting one there, but like, what if you, what if you don't get one? Right. And then you like put yourself in a new situation, but how much you're going to learn by putting yourself in that new situation. And yeah, maybe you have to eat the tag, the buck tag, you know, here's the other cool thing is you can always, you know, try to shoot a doe on private or something and spend time, you know, that way you can still get meat, but like, you're not out that, but it's like, you can go and you can try to fill that buck tag. You can fail. And if you fail and you come back hungrier, like you're going to get better as a hunter. Like uh, you're going to make a huge jump. Yep. You will, because you're going to be obsessing over it. You'll get so crazy because you're going to be so like, you know, fired up about how can I, how can I, what did I learn? What did I do wrong? 
you know, when you're doing that as a hunter and you're putting yourself in these new situations, challenging yourself, I think that's when you really make the big leaps and you start like thinking outside of the box and doing stuff you'd have never done that puts you in, you know, range of the game you're after. You know, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, private, you can almost call it a comfort comfort level, yeah. you know, and then you get yourself in an uncomfortable situation to make yourself have to maybe think a little bit more or open your eyes a little bit more. Like you said, think outside the box and you're going to learn and you might fall flat on your face five times, but you're going to learn mm-hmm. from that. So that, that totally oh, yeah. makes sense. I think if you, I think anybody who's hunting, you know, private land that if they went and they did public for, you know, exclusively public for five years, and they went back to that private land, they would, they would do it differently. Really? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they would look at it and they would approach it in different ways. I, I really do. I mean, I would, yeah. I, I look at my, I look at my grandpa's at 80 acres, those two 80 acre blocks I tell you about. It's like, I will just crack up thinking about what we used to do out there, you know? <laughs> and like yeah. salt big bucks, you know, it's all big bucks. Shot them. But it's just like, it was all by accident, you know, it was not like, I shouldn't say by accident, but it was more of a luck game. Like, yep. We're sitting here where something might, it wasn't like we, we knew how to just go get it. We, you know, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's just, it's just like a whole, it's a whole different attitude that I've learned in public. It's like, just go get it. Like get after it, get after them. Don't let them wait for you. You know, don't let them come to you, I guess. And, yeah, get it's a little more a, aggressive and just you know yeah. go go do something you wouldn't normally do because they're not they're not well here's I mean this is definitely diving into some deer like very specific deer stuff but like everybody loves to claim about how deer run away in in my state my state they run away and they never come back well they may run away from exactly where you spooked them but that they're probably not that far. Yeah, you know, it's like they probably they probably didn't go out of the county like you're claiming they are. They might have moved a couple hundred yards, but you know, if you it's like if you just know a lot about deer and you get out of your comfort zone, you, you know, you you do a lot of in season scouting, you start to learn like how deer basically adjust to human pressure. And I think that's something on public land that you get like you get every time you're out there it's a whole that's the whole name of the game is you're just like learning how deer adjust to human pressure yep and like i think the reason i say that you would hunt it differently is because you might start to not might but i think you would start to realize that okay the deer in this situation are patterning me you know like Mm -hmm. they know i'm here they know that i park right there you know what i'm saying though yeah when Definitely. you get that experience, every time you go out, like every time you go hunting on public land, that's your whole focus. Then when you go back to private, then I think you start to realize your subtle mistakes. And like, you may, like you, you would just get, get, it would just end up better. I think you'd like tweak things and you would do it differently, but you would do it better, you know? Yeah. And you would also think just, I think you would, you would think from A to Z instead of maybe thinking from A to you know, A to C, you know, if that right. makes sense. Like right. you're just thinking it more does. of a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. You know, I, I do want to transition a little bit, stay on, I do want to stay on the whitetail side of things, but like kind of sure. getting into, you know, when you guys are traveling 
all year. I mean, you guys are putting videos out at a rapid pace. I mean, do you guys have a certain amount of days between, you know, is it one a week or is it just whenever you can get them up, like you're trying to get them up every three or four mm-hmm. days? Like what is your pattern? Do you guys really have one? It's it's no less than three every week of our lives until we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if we're doing three or more, I'm usually shooting for more we're doing all right. And basically how that plays out, it's, there's no real, no real rule, but like, let's say, let's say, uh, we go hunting in this uh, first deer towards state or something in 2020. And it's like, we go, it's like one group might pump out videos like right at the first trip and like basically stay up all night. That first trip. So it's like best and worst because it's like, yep. it's the most grueling of like, editing and trying to like basically get a head start right out of the gate so we grind that out kind of as a group usually and then um from there it's just like you know kind of offsetting each other so it's like maybe jake and i hunt for a week in one trip and then the next and like as we're coming back the next guys are starting their hunt and like while they hunt we edit but then we flip flop yeah and it's like that's that's how it works so easily and like we get so much content out there it's like we just have a group of guys that like we said it's like nobody cares nobody gets a shit who shoots the buck nobody cares like we just the one thing that is tough is that you just wish that you were the one that was in the group you would just wish you were a part of the successful team yep. you know you just yeah. wish that you were out there and not a guy at the computer and that's at least for sure for me the hardest part is i hate me and the guy that like had to stay back and I missed the action. <laughs> yep. It's like heartbreaking really, but, um, you know, we get, we get a lot of, you know, questions about that. Like, how do you guys do it so fast? And it's like, it's, it's just, it's nonstop. It's literally just like, you know, cause the other thing is, is when you're hunting, you gotta like, when you're hunting, you gotta hunt, like, you gotta put, an effort into that and you got to learn the area on a very limited time frame because you got to turn around and edit that regardless of what you do in seven days you know it's right like, you just i don't know you gotta you gotta just be like grinding for you know that whole time the most part you know it's basically how it plays out yep it's a lot of a lot of computer time but then when you get the chance to be out there just working your ass off you know to learn are you guys trying to have yeah it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun i know that um are you guys trying to have at least like three guys on each trip you know do you have you have a guy that's like okay you're editing and then you have a hunter and 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 produce basically filmer yeah i mean yes and no i think that's a that's a bit of a controversial topic at this point like i like two I like to go with two. Yep. I have one hundred and one cameraman hunt and 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 then just edit it together when you get back. That'd be ideal to me. But some other some of the other groups like three. Yep. Uh, I don't know. It's just personal preference, I guess. I just hate putting a guy behind the computer. I just understand how like, and I think some people deal with it better than me. So it's hard to say. But I don't like. I don't like being stuck behind the computer, you know, it's just, that's the worst <laughs> position to be in. So I don't, I don't like putting somebody in that position. Uh-huh. Um, 
personally, but yeah, I mean, so to answer your question better, more specifically, like, no, there's no rules to it. It just kind of happens how it happens. It's, it's weird. It's not a lot of, not a lot of schedule or structure. I mean, it may sound like there is, but it's, just kind of gets formed as it goes. <laughs> yep. You're kind of like nomads. You're like a nomad group. <laughs> yeah. Just go yeah. and do and, and whatever happens, happens. Well, another thing is, and I mean, maybe this is something you would want to touch on anyway, but like, you know, balancing like other life things and that is like insanely hard. It's like so hard, you know, trying to balance like family life, I guess, if you will. It's like, basically two well two months at a time it's just like you're barely around you know you don't see like i have a girlfriend aaron uh, just got engaged um jake has a girlfriend greg is married to mindy who works with us um and then you know, like Ted, Ted get, likes to go back and hang out with his buddies. I like to, I mean, we all like to hang out with our buddies and stuff too. It's like, there's these, you know, there's this uh, tough balance with that too. Because, For sure. And, and just like, it always cracks us up. People will say something like, I just don't understand how you guys hunt for, for, you know, the whole season. Like, how do you work? It's like, oh, like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Like, <laughs> Even like, haven't seen my girlfriend in two months, you know, like, yep. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like I'm so only, I'm only gone like, uh, maybe month, month and a half throughout the fall. But like that first month is like a month straight and I've got a two and a half year old daughter and a wife and yeah. it's tough. Like I totally get what you're saying, man. It's, you know, and trying to we're i mean we do stuff on tv but we're starting to do digital as well we're doing both so it's like mm-hmm. before it was like we didn't have to edit during season but this last year and the year before we're really starting to like trying to edit as season goes and like you said man it is tough like it is hard oh, yeah. because like two of our guys you know kind of our main guys like our host they don't you know edit at all like that's mm-hmm. just not their gig and um they run camera but you know, so it's me and like another editor, but we're also the camera guy. So it's like it's it's tough. I I definitely get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, and it's weird too because like I don't know. I I feel like we all kind of like we love it too, right? It's like it's hard and like the part of the like there's a part of the computer stuff that I, that I hate that like I want to be out. I want to be you know part of the group, but then there's this creative side of it where you like become a perfectionist and you're like this project is like is my life you become <laughs> yeah. and then you're like yep. i'm gonna make yep. the greatest hunting video ever and like you just get way out of control and i, I mean and then it gets 150,000. you know like that like some of our hunts and kills you like you know get 200,000 views and we're like sweet like it's awesome and then it's like it, when you work so hard on one then it gets like less than that and you're just like what do you that. people want right yeah. but it's so but it's so stupid though too because it's like it really doesn't even like matter that much it's just like <laughs> you just get so when it's like your memory this is how i like to explain it to, to people that don't edit it's like you're taking your memory and you're just condensing it down for like 
you know, a enjoyable to watch time period. And you want to get it perfect because your memory of it was awesome. Yeah. Like you've got to show people, but you know, yeah. it's just like whatever. It really doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. <laughs> no, I, I go down that rabbit hole every time I edit because it's like, and this is more when it is one of my hunts or like with my wife or something I was involved in. I, mm-hmm. I edit this out and like, I, I can't seem to edit anything that's less than 25 minutes long. I'm like, like oh, yeah. how the, how the hell did that happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and like, you know, last year I would, or two years ago, I'd, I'd edit something and, and show up to Jared and he's like 25 minutes. It's like, yeah, but, but watch it. It's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cut it in, cut it in half and bring it back to me. I was like, no, you got to watch it. No, you, you got to get it. Like, cut it doesn't it watch like 25 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, right. no. And I'm all proud of it. And it's like, no, that that's way too long, bud. You got to, you got to cut that down. Well, the, the cool, the coolest part about what we do is like, there is a little bit more flexibility. Like we've had some 45 minute videos, like several of yeah. them. And like, we're cool with it. You know, it's just like, and, and we've asked, asked people like with polls and stuff and like, Hey, and, and, and that's what, you know, we always try to focus on is like, what does the viewer want to see? And we'll just say, Hey, you know, you guys want to see a 45 minute video. And when like tons of people say yes, it's just like, or, you know, vast majority says yes. Like, all right, we'll do it. It's like, that's what, yeah, how we remember it. But yeah, yeah, we got, we got some long ones. I edit long ones for sure. I feel like I do it every time. <laughs> Is there a uh, is there like a certain time frame that you and your head like to hit? Like you're like, okay, this is probably the sweet spot, or do you yeah, just go I to mean, where the story tells you to go? That, but I think the sweet spot would always be I don't know, fifteen. I, I don't mind length personally doesn't bother me, but I think for for most people's viewing interest, I would say. 15 to 20 more specifically like 17 18 would be ideal yeah but like but like there's so much so many times where like if you want to show a whole day like how do you get that 17 minutes without just like chunking major points that like play into that hunt and i think you know because we focus so much on explaining what we're doing it's hard it makes it even harder so it's like uh, maybe Maybe we're going in and we're trying to explain exactly why on this day with this wind condition that this is the day that we're going into this spot. And like when you tell all that in your head, you're like, well, that's why we did it. But then you're like, nobody really gives a shit, dude. Like they just want to see <laughs> like how it played out. So yep. it's like, you know, you get to where some people take something away from that. Other people don't care at all. Some people like, you know, are neutral and it's just – I think the sweet spot would be about 17, 18, but you know, I think we're more, more realistic for us is like 22 to 25 is kind of, I think our sweet spot. That's at least, that's just my preference too, I guess. Yeah. And that's where I, I like wanting to be. Honestly, I remember when I started editing TV shows and you know, they're usually around 21 to 23 minutes of content. And I remember starting a new show and it's like, holy shit, 
this is gonna that that's a lot like how am mm-hmm. i gonna get to that and now being in it eight or nine years it's like oh that's nothing like i can do that with my left hand like <laughs> let's let's get this thing going uh, so i remember I, I remember like just be intimidated and then it just progression too but i i love the digital side of things because there is no there is no barriers it, yeah. you know you can do whatever you want basic i mean to an extent but you know tv it's still it's still structured and it's still very like sure. they hold you to a a certain point and that's i don't like that at all cuz you know, you got to cut a lot out. Like you said, I mean, you might have something that's 45 minutes. Well, it needs to be 45 minutes to get your point across and have viewers think the same way that you were thinking or, you know, your same emotion. So I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, And like for me too, there's this other aspect of it where it's like, so my favorite hands down favorite thing to watch, and this might not come as a surprise if you know it, but my hand favorite thing hands down to watch right now is why tail adrenaline has been for, I don't know, probably five years. I'll second like, that. <laughs> I yeah, love that. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's way better than what we do personally, but I just love that fast paced stuff. And, you know, it's just fast paced action. It's on the ground. It's just, I don't know. It's very relatable to me and they've inspired me a lot. And I, I really just can't ever think like those videos enough for, for inspiring me to break out of my shell even more. And um, I guess I like about their videos that they're just like shitting around, like you know, they're they're I don't know, cracking jokes or tossing the snuff can back and forth, like they're they're I don't know, having a beer at the end of the day and you know, showing their struggle of like you know maybe hanging up a deer or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing examples out there, but it's yep. like that's the type of stuff that like when I go hunting that I remember. You know, I remember those goofy, funny things that we were doing or, you know, and, or you want to remember at least. Right. And it's like, there's an aspect of it too, for me, when I'm an edit, when I'm editing that, like, we have all these hilarious moments that like we cut out because it's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe too edgy or like, yep. <laughs> you know, it's us being too, saying too weird to stuff, but you know what I mean? It's like, I, like there's so much of that too, that I, I have a hard time. I always call it like the editor's cut first. Yeah. Like, you got the parts where we're goofing off like one time. Sorry, I'm just rambling. But no, you're the, good, man. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> we were sitting in the library in Tennessee last year after a turkey hunt. And like Jake and I, Jake and I goof off a lot. I don't know if y'all can tell that in the videos <laughs> or not, but like we, we like to, we like to goof off. Keep it like loose around camp. <laughs> yeah. And like we really like trying to make people feel like, <laughs> awkward you know i guess we could do a lot of that but anyway we uh we were just like super pumped up it was our first morning in tennessee and uh we were like acting ridiculous like just saying dumb shit and like farting and like we just have like all this stuff on this like raw clip you know it's just this really long clip where we're like getting ready and we're like listening for birds from the car and like we're jumping in the car going to the next spot and it's just so much goofy stuff and like the first time we edited it it was like eight minutes in the first <laughs> you know first like half hour of the hunt but it was hilarious and it's like it's hard for us to like 
get away from all that stuff because yep. it's like that's part of the memory too like let's be honest like we can be the we can be the like we had a northwest wind you know i think he's gonna be bedded the edge of this willow patch it's like you can be that guy or you can be like yourself which is like what you are most of the time you know there's always that serious break i don't when you're hunting with somebody else yep. you're like hey like talk strategy and we try to capture that too but like the other 90% of it is just like shitting around, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I love that. That's why I like hunting so much. Really. Yep. Well, and to go back to the white tail adrenaline, he's the same way. I mean, he, he's putting on DVDs, so he's, he has no sponsors that he has to, to, to talk, right. or, you know, to, to do anything mm-hmm. with. He could show drinking beers and, and smoking darts if he wants, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and it, yeah. it really doesn't matter. So yeah, I think it's it, awesome. Yeah. And it, and I think the authenticness, if that's a word comes out more because you don't have those restrictions and, and uh, that's, what's really cool about it. That's what I like about it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I just, the more, the more that, well, yeah. I mean, I just think of, I just think of like every deer camp I've ever been in and it's like, that, that's just like, that's it, man. It's fun. It's like, For sure. it's goofy. It's, and you can get that through my telejournalist videos. And I always hope that you can get it at least a little bit out of our videos too. You, yeah. That's, it's always an interest of mine personally. So, you know. Yep. Well, Hey, I, I know we're coming up on time here. I got, I got a couple questions. I want to do like rapid fire for you. Nothing, yeah, nothing yeah, too on the off. spot here. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up. I want to be uh, conscious sure. of your time as well. So first one up, let's, uh, let's hit you with this one. What's your favorite state to whitetail hunt in? Um, I don't know, man. That's really, really <laughs> tough. Uh, like I don't, I don't, I, I would, I'm trying to think to, to like how to answer it. Um, I don't, I don't have one. Um, in a, in a simple answer, quick collaboration is just like, I like something new and I like a challenge. Um, like the harder that people like say it is, or it's like this new situation. That's what I love. Like I love things like when we did the Michigan thing, like I love being there. I love experiencing that. I love, uh, I love going back to my home state and hunting different areas in my home state, public land. There's tons of public land in Ohio. Love exploring it. Um, you know, I love going. I love going southeast. Like, and you know, any anybody north of Tennessee would just like put their nose up at Alabama. But like, <laughs> yep. that was fun shit because like I'd never seen it. So like, really, if I could just say it that way it's like i just want to hunt new areas that are like a new challenge because they force me to learn something new for sure good answer i like that uh okay so the next one if you only had seven days to hunt in the whole whitetail season seven days and you can break them out break them up however you want or if you want to do them seven straight days oh dude that's (laughs) awesome thank you so much for that what days would you pick (laughs) Okay, opening day of any gun season in any state, okay. hands down, like, gonna hunt that. I love, like, if you don't love that day, I don't know who y'all, you are. <laughs> that's, that's mean. That's, that's my thing. Like, I love hunting with bow and gun. Love yep. hunting opening day. I would hunt opening day of um, bow season also, uh, especially, like, a September opener. I'll always hunt that day. Love early season like that. 
Um, what else do we have? Probably. So the way, let's say those are two days. I would say like a late October day. Yep. Um, not, not, I don't have one in mind. It would play in the weather. Um, specific, a specific day in November that I would pick would be like, just like a, let's just say 16th. I think okay. I missed a buck on the 16th once, but <laughs> you want to like, get 16th it's always, back. <laughs> I, no, no, no. It's a, I just love lockdown. Like I give me lockdown all year. Like I, uh, that's where I, that's where I uh, feel most at home. It's when the bucks are putting themselves in dumb spots better with those. Yep. That's, that's, I like that. Um, well, let's put it, let's just put it this way. I'd pick a chunk. I'd do like 14 through 17. Okay. It's always great. Always yep. good. Or we'll jump that up. We'll jump that to 15 through 18. Okay. So that's five days. Yep. Um, I would do it the Saturday of gun season also. And then I would do like, um, oh man, it's tough. <laughs> it's a tough question. <laughs> it is. I like that you can break them up though. And then I would just do like a straight up middle of the week of gun season. Is I think that's the final day. Yep. Um, just because like, it's just always during gun seasons, man. It's a process, but like. You can use pressure to your advantage, or you can like on that middle of the week type day, you can use that to your advantage too to get into places where nobody else is going. And then Saturday again, you kind of always get that quick flood. So if you got a place by on Wednesday, if you find a place where there's a bunch of beer, you can get into the best spot in there around that best spot, and people bring it back in Saturday. I mean, sitting pretty. So yep, uh, I don't know, roughly something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the reason why I asked that question is because one of the it's one of the questions we get asked the most from just guys that just have you know everyday like I guess you'd call them normal jobs. They you know only get seven days of vacation, and they're always like, yeah. "When would you take them?" So mm-hmm. a lot of people do a lot of different things. So I just like to hear from everybody else and and what yeah, they would I think, do. Yeah, I think a lot of guys want to do November one through seven or ten, roughly. Yep, and like that's like my least favorite time because it's just. For, you know, for public land guys, just like when everybody else also wants to go. And like, right. I'm not saying I'm not going to hunt then, but like I choose my state wisely during that time. Okay. Like, I'm very, very picky about that time frame because like I want to go where everybody's leaving from. So yeah. Like, yep. That's the time I want to hunt PA. That's the time I want to hunt because um, everybody's going to Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Kansas. It's like I'm staying away from that sweet that <laughs> yep. little that sweet middle ground. I'm going east during that time frame. Yep. Like that's when I hunted New York this year. It was November uh, one through six. I shot the uh, buck in New York on the sixth, and like that's when I wanted to go there because nobody's talking about making a trip in the first week of November to public land in New York. <laughs> right, right. And it worked out. We didn't see hardly anybody. It was awesome. Yep. Awesome. Well, one last question is, and we'll, we'll wrap it up with this one is if you had one species to hunt the rest of your life, only one, what would that be? Oh, man, you just put me right on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I want to make you think a little bit. It, it will. I mean, 
at this point in my life, <sighs> turkey. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't expect that. No, I didn't either. Um, the so the reason is is turkeys can take you to forty nine out of fifty states, and like you can go into some really awesome public land areas and hunt turkeys. You can, you know, springs like new life. It's exciting. They gobble. You can stalk them. You can call them. You can decoy them. You can do whatever you choose to do. And I just love spring. I love hearing a turkey gobble. That's what got me into doing this. Like doing the fact that I lost permission on that place to hunt when I was 12. Like, you know, I look back on that and like that, that changed my life to be the way that it is like that did, because if I never hunted public land for tricky, like I did like that, I did never, I did never fell in love with, you know, all the things that I have that have led me to this point, I guess. So, you know, turkeys are awesome. They're sweet. I'm so freaking pumped to hunt them too, man. I'm so pumped. So, with that being said, I love deer and um, small game and elk hunting. I started doing them. Like, I love those things yep. for different reasons. I honestly wouldn't say that I do love them more. I just think that overall, every moment of turkey hunting is like a little bit more fun than some of those brutal times doing the other things. You know what I mean? Yep, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and just Absolutely. from a purely fun standpoint, being with my buddies all the time, like turkey hunting is just one of those ones. It's so easy to play with your friends, you know. Where sometimes, and, and for a lot of guys, whitetail hunters are a lot of guys are, you know, loners and um, elk hunting. I do love that aspect of it too, but it, you know, archery season is super short for elk. Yeah, it's just not that long. So it's like turkey, you get like, you can literally hunt turkeys for like three months if you play at cards right. And we do for about two and a half, but you could do it a little bit longer. And it's just, I don't know. That's the one I think. I, I always battle with myself. I ask myself that every change of the season. It's like, what it comes down to is I'll hunt whatever I want is in season and be the happiest guy ever. But, if I had to, if I truly had to pick one, I think it would be turkeys. Gotcha. I I did I did lie to you. I did have one more question I forgot about. <laughs> you might you, you might you might get this one quite a bit. I don't know, but I actually had some people that wanted me to ask you this. So, what is the plan with your hair going forward? <laughs> this is like keep doing what I'm doing, or some variation of it, until I lose enough of it that I have to cut it off, which isn't really happening, but. You know, just got to lay it out there that at some point, you know, if it starts shedding, I'm going to have to cut it. <laughs> are you going to go back like shedding. real short or are you going to, you going to keep it long? Hey, it depends. No, it just a hundred percent depends if I'm like, that's the only way I'm cutting it is if it's, if, it, if I start losing it, I don't really, I mean, you know, I'm saying this, you know, in 2020, but who knows down the road, <laughs> but as of right now, I've got no, no plans. I like, I want it a little bit longer than what it is right now. But it's hard to like it's so curly that it gets basically pretty dried up and like knotted up and I have to eventually like cut off the bad and it's hard to keep keep it growing. <laughs> so it's been going for 
it's a long, long, long time I've had this hair. How long like have you grown now. it for? When did you start? Man, I grew it out for the first time when I was like 21 or I mean, I've always had a little bit longer hair. Yep. Um, but I started going, I grew it out long, like to where I could put it in a ponytail, like probably 21 or 22. And then I cut it like a dumbass before I went to <laughs> work at Midwest Whitetail because I was like, oh, people probably think I'm some sort of weirdo. Some hippie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And then I was like self-conscious about it. And, like a baby, I cut it and then immediately regretted it and then just couldn't grow it back in faster. You know, and I'm happy where we're at right now. Awesome, man. A little bit longer could be cool, but it's. I honestly like it for... <laughs> people think i'm full of shit but like i do like it for hunting like it breaks you up man like like when your shoulders and your head aren't connected because you got a ball of hair on top of your shoulders like or you know not connected from like a classic human silhouette like the deer and turkey can't see you as well like i truly believe that it's like a little built-in gilly it's pretty there you awesome go. Well, you keep yeah. doing you, man. I like it. Keep throwing it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll take on the haters. I don't mind. <laughs> hey, I'm just happy that I have hair and it's warm and, you know, I like it. I think it's cool, so whatever. There you go. Well, Zach, thank you very much for coming on and doing this, man. We both greatly appreciate you taking the time yeah. to, to do this, and uh, maybe we can do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah, I would be happy to do it. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thank you very much. And also, you hey, know, thank you. stay healthy out there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, I keep forgetting about it. Yep. Well, cool, man. Thank you very much, and you have a good evening. Yeah, thank you, guys. And there you have it, another good episode. Thank you to Zach Farenball for coming on and talking about a lot of kind of off-the-wall things. And I think these questions that uh, a lot of the questions that we asked him, he you know really doesn't get them a lot. And I didn't want this to be like every other podcast that he's done. So I think it went over really well and he really enjoyed it. And I know Justin and I did as well. So it was pretty cool. Hopefully we'll be able to get to do it again and maybe dive into some tactics, you know, and things that he likes to do. But uh, really cool conversation all in all. So Lastly, if you guys will please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and leave some feedback would be greatly appreciated. You guys are doing awesome with it right now, but I need some more ratings. we got to keep those things coming. That's about all I got. So next week is another great episode. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag yet, but just be ready that uh, a lot of guys out there, my, a lot of my listeners, I think, really know this guy really well and uh, really want to hear some cool things from him. So be ready for that next week and uh, thank you for listening stay healthy don't get the coronavirus and uh, we'll be right here next week on the fall podcast